On 4308 Franklin Boulevard Northwest in Cleveland, Ohio, sits a fixture on the city's west side, one of the most mysterious and supposedly haunted places. The High Victorian home was built in 1865 and was home to the Tideman family. Welcome to the Haunted True Crime Podcast. This is the story of Franklin Castle. Welcome to the Haunted True Crime Podcast by the Lady Dicks, where we talk about historical haunts that are criminal in nature. We're mostly here to dick around, but try to keep this shit a little bit classy. I'm Andrea, and these are my co-hosts, Nikki and Tay. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Hey guys, I'm Nikki. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. We're glad you didn't ghost us, because, you know, ghosting ain't cool. No. Mm-mm. That's Don't not do cool, it. man. We will not have a second date if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So we put a warning in the... We put a warning in like this every week. And yet still every once in a while we get reviews making comments as such. So we're going to make this one stand out a little bit. This is a comedy podcast. We tell jokes. You might not like them. We talk about crime. We talk Mm -hmm. about ghosts. Definitely. And we laugh about both. Always. And more. We laugh about everything. So (laughs) get over it. Hello. And we also can't pronounce anything. Yeah. If there's a difficult word that, you know, you might be able to read when you're reading in your head. No big deal. But when you go to say it out loud, it's it's really fucking hard. I think I can read things in my head, but I know I can't. Yes. I know I'm not reading it correctly. Same, same. (laughs) And then you're like, no, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) yep or you know you're reading out loud and suddenly you just you miss the letter and you completely butcher the word or you like keep hitting like in the last one i just kept hitting words (laughs) or like pluralizing words that were not (laughs) or changing words same time (laughs) instead of crying always (laughs) it happens yeah it happens around these parts so we do try our best to be respectful, but mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that we might cross one of your lines. We probably will. Um, so we make no promises that we won't offend you. Nope. Uh, yeah, so that's that. But uh, we know that if you are one of those people, you're probably still going to listen to this, get offended, and leave us a comment. But hashtag we try. Also, try not to do that on the UK version of iTunes because we're not doing so hot over there. Yeah, you know, we'd like to reach and you know, you a little bigger are audience. In the UK, we love you. Maybe like leave us some love. a good review. Yeah. You Even don't- if you're like. I don't really like to leave reviews. We get that. Yeah. Just, you know, give us a five star and just say, hey, hey ladies, how's it going? It's a good How day. How you doing? Or say you didn't ghost us and we'll be like, oh, that's oh yeah. nice. Yeah. We haven't actually gotten that yet. No. That'd be funny. That would be good. Yeah. But we now we told them so it'll be less funny. Yeah. 
But it would still be funny if it does pop up because, I mean, we don't get a lot of reviews. Also, so. we 100% forget almost everything we say anyway. Yeah. So we won't remember that we said it. Correct. <laughs> I will remember when I listen to the podcast to edit it. And that's it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okie dokie. Oh, I cut out a piece and I forgot to cut it. But if you have kids, don't listen to this with the kids in the room. We swear. A little bit. Not all the time, but sometimes. I don't sometimes know if we really did swear in the last podcast that we recorded. I think I dropped a couple F-bombs. I don't think I did, which is good on me. I don't know me. if I did either, but... I know I uh, I screwed something up and definitely said, uh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a thing. Uh, Happens. Yeah, so like, no kids. Yeah. This is a kid-free zone. Yes. <laughs> and if you're at work, you know, just put your earbuds in. Yeah, this is not safe for openly listening to at work. Yeah. That's the thing. Okay, so let me tell you the story. Let me start the story. At 4308 Franklin Boulevard Northwest in Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio, it's a place. (laughs) You can go there if you want to. I don't know if you do. I think they have like a music hall or something there. Anyway, there sits a fixture of the city's west side that's been there for over 100 years. This high Victorian home was built in 1865 by the well-respected Cleveland-based architectural firm Kudel and Richardson. Side note, bitches. Ooh, we haven't had a side note, bitches yeah, for a while. Yeah, I realized we have a t-shirt and no side note, bitches, so now I have to start throwing them in there. Again. Um, Hans Tideman. We read that Hans Tideman was the builder. Tideman? Tideman? Tideman. I Tide- call him Tideman. Yeah. Hans T. Hans T. Dog. Or is it Haynes? I know. It's Hans because he's Hans. German. Hans. 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 <laughs> you're so sexy. Hans. Sounds sexual. Anyway, he was the builder. I do have like a thing for like the German accent. And I don't like it's the most unattractive. A- sorry. That is weird. I am so sorry if you're German. Although I'm going to insult you and not insult you. In the my same family <laughs> is German and I don't like the accent. My, I mean, family, my family is doesn't have also the accent, German. But same, same. Um, my grandmother has a German accent, but it's like the old woman German accent. But I remember once going to like the farmer's market and there's this like German family who like makes things that germans make <laughs> food uh bratwurst yes sauerkraut they also had like pierogies but Borscht. pierogies are really no, that's ukrainian ukrainian well, you know what the germans and ukrainians though they do make a lot of the same that's fair thing yes. anyway that was like served by like and maybe it was because the guy was good looking <laughs> 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 with like a good looking dude with like a hot german accent anyway i was like mm. but like not the sec the most like sexual languages no. So, like, maybe don't try to romance a woman like that. <laughs> maybe me it would work on, but, like, most of the people it's not going to work on. There's mm-hmm. a lot of weird things that would work on, Tay. Significantly better if you had a man bun and a beard. <laughs> oh, my God. In my case. Just <laughs> a saying. A greasy man bun and beard. Yeah. A little bit. Not, like, too... Too much? I have a line. Walking Phoenix is a line. <laughs> Well, oh, that's not Phoenix much of a like line. <laughs> far over that line, I'd say. Like Casey yeah. Affleck is the preferred side of the line, and Joaquin Phoenix is the like. Casey that's Affleck has crossed over the line in the last well, couple of years. Kate, well, there's been a few times where I've been like, "I do you regretfully." <laughs> Your face is a pure 
disgust. Casey Affleck used to be like a clean cut, like cute looking guy. In now, not only does he look like a dirtbag, he is a dirtbag from what we hear. He's been a dirtbag. Yeah, yeah, but he used to not look like one. And people didn't come out and say that, oh, yeah, he's a dirtbag. But now people are saying, well, I do think, though, that like some of the last few movies he's been doing, I think the beard and stuff is part of that. But he hasn't shaved it recently. Well, but I think he just finished, like, they were filming Lewis and Clark, which I know is going to be a bearded movie. And they filmed The Old Man and the Gun. And, like, he's been doing a bunch of westerns and shit. (laughs) Although, last time I checked, cowboys do not have beards and man buns. That's just me. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) Unless it's all being hidden in a hat. Cowboy cowboy. hat. Do modern cowboys even have... I just think of, like, not that I'm, like, chilling with a bunch of cowboys, but I'm just thinking, like, they're not, like, trying to do man buns and stuff like that. Let me just tie up my horse before, or my hair before I go ride my horse. Anyway, this is totally besides the point. Hats. (laughs) Was, okay, we read something that says that Hans was the builder. Guarantee he was not. But it was possible that he had hired the architectural firm. And by possible, I mean he did hire the architectural firm because he was the one who owned the house. Um, and somewhere said that it allegedly took 20 years to build. I highly doubt this. Yeah, I don't think Hi, so. Highly doubt. Anyway, the house boasts the Queen Anne style architecture, which means that it has an English Baroque, Baroque. Baroque architectural style derivative of those built during the time of Queen Anne's reign between 1702 and 1714. This house was not built during that time. It's like the revival. Is that what they call them? Yeah. When they bring it back or whatever. Anyways, uh, it's mostly used to describe old English manor houses, the Queen Anne style. And the architectural inspiration was revived Yeah, in the 20th century, though experts say the revival version has little resemblance to the class and culture of the original. <laughs> so the experts yeah, aren't boy. loving the revivals. <laughs> Anyway, even still, this particular home boasts a strong castle-like feel with features equated to the original style, including a sweep of steps leading to a carved stone door case, just like the thing around the door. We call them frames now. (laughs) Painted sash windows in boxes set flush with the brickwork. So like the windows are built in (laughs) and a central triangular pediment set against a hipped roof with domers. I have no dormers dormers. I have no uh, real person interpretation of that. It's like a roof thing with dormers. Yeah. What are dormers? (laughs) They're part of the roof. And it's like, it comes out in like a peak or whatever. And it's usually got a window underneath. I get that. I get that. Uh, the home is a four-story four gothic mansion with 20 rooms, secret passageways, hidden rooms, turrets, gargoyles, <laughs> and a ballroom on the fourth floor. I want Gotta gargoyles. Gotta have them gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> I want some. Originally, Me the too. home boasted 13 fireplaces, though since the original build of the uh, home, eight of them have been sealed, which that's seems way more reasonable. Who needs 13 fireplaces? But you got to keep it. You, you, why would you seal them? They're probably beautiful. But, but when they say sealed, they haven't like, they don't usually get oh. rid of the mantles. They just seal the fireplace. Oh, so yeah. So you can't, because if you functional. have, if you have 13 fireplaces, you have at least like, okay, if you have four floors, 
you have at least three chimneys, but probably more that you have to regularly clean and take care yeah, of. Otherwise, you're going to burn your house down. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. um a carriage house on the property was used as a gymnasium in 1943 don't know who was hanging out and working out there but uh the rooms are described as having original wood plank floors and being filled with beautifully carved paneling on the walls and the home is equipped with secret rooms and passageways though it's not known how many or where they are rumor has it there's an underground tunnel that extends to lake erie but those have that have been inside say it ends sometime before the lake so it doesn't quite make it yeah it, and some even say that that passageway doesn't even exist there's lots of people that say that no passageways exist yeah. although i think there's probably one or two i think that the people who are saying they don't exist are covering something up Ooh. uh at one point an old still photograph was found in one secret room by one of the later homeowners giving rise to speculation that sometime during its life Probably during the Prohibition era, it was used as a speakeasy and the secret tunnel was used to run booze outside of the castle. And inside the carriage house, one owner found a mysterious cemented over area in the floor at dead bodies. (laughs) Uh, Behind the castle seems to be a living room unit or a living unit above the garage, which is suspected of being the carriage house. So I think they're calling it the carriage house. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Which is kind of a garage. It's a place where you store your carriage. Yeah. They didn't have cars back then. And they so didn't they call it a garage. They usually just it a make them house. into like a living quarters now. Well, but a carriage house would usually have like a an upstairs. Well, I was going to say like a mother-in-law suite or whatever it's called mm-hmm. where you'd have your Servants. horse person. Yeah. <laughs> your household employees or whatever. Not all stay. of them. Just the one. Just the yeah. one that would take care of the carriages and the horses. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. But now people usually have like their yeah. carriage house that's converted into a uh, income suite i do believe this one is mm-hmm. converted because i think the current owners they live in well they currently live in the carriages i think but anyway the first owners of the home often called franklin castle or the tideman house were the tidemans hans and louise they made a few improvements to the house adding a ballroom some secret rooms and a few hidden passageways between 1886 and 1888 i'd like to have a ballroom in my yeah, house i'd take <laughs> one or two yeah Roughly. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to throw balls or why, but. Well, I think you're I like the option. Yeah. <laughs> if you had a ballroom in your house, you would throw balls. Mm-hmm. I would like the option to throw a ball. Hans and Louise had six children. Wilhelmine Hannah died in infancy. August Johannes survived to adulthood. Emma died at 15. Ernst died in infancy. Dora Louise survived to adulthood and Albert died in infancy. I'm beginning to see a bit of a theme here. <laughs> yes, you are. And Webecca Tideman, Hans' mother, also lived with the family. She did not die in infancy. Just want to clarify. <laughs> Shouldn't have to, but I feel like I will. <laughs> Emma, the daughter who died at 15, died on January of in January of 1881, right before the castle was finished. In the home that previous Emma the daughter who died at 15 died in January of 1881 right before the castle was finished in the home that had previously occupied the land Hans elderly mother died a few weeks after Emma passed side note bitches another one it is also alleged that Hans fathered another child Herbert with a woman named Ella May Clark 
Yeah, he Ooh, couldn't keep it in his pants. Han's father died prior to 1846, and after that, at the age of 16, along with his mother, two brothers, and four sisters, he moved to the United States from Germany. Before becoming a salesman for a grocery firm, he worked as a carpenter and a cooper's apprentice. He worked his way up from salesman to be a partner at a wholesale grocery and liquor store, before selling his interests in the 1870s to begin real estate property flipping. Hans returned briefly to Germany from 1877 to 1879, and once he returned, his properties had matured. Hans was described as a shrewd businessman, but he had help from three Cleveland banks by 1881. So he didn't exactly make all the money himself. No, he did not. But obviously, they trusted him. I think it was a little bit easier to get money from banks back yeah, probably. in the 1800s, yeah. though. So. Also, we're about to find out he was also the president of one of them. So <laughs> feel like you know, your bank is more willing to give you money if you're the president of it. If they're not and you're the president, that's a problem. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's concerning. I feel like you wouldn't be the president then. No. No. Eventually, he became the president mm-hmm. of the future United Bank and Savings Company and remained so for 20 years. He commissioned his house not only for a place for his family to live, but also to provide a temporary place for friends, family, and others emigrating from Germany to stay when they first arrived in Cleveland. And the new home replaced the early residence on the property, which was eventually demolished during the construction. Hans had his home office inside the castle built, so he overlooked both entrances, allowing him to constantly keep an eye on who was coming and going. The Tideman family lived in the house from 1883 to 1896. Louise died of liver disease on March 24, 1895, at the age of 57. Hmm. August and Dora, the two living Tideman children, <laughs> went the next on. One's yours. <laughs> They went on to produce six grandsons between them. And on January 9th, 1908, at the age of 75, Hans Tideman died suddenly from a stroke while in a park. It is reported that all of Tideman's grandchildren had predeceased him before the age of 40. Rumors of crimes committed in the house by Tideman, including sexual indiscretions and murder, have contributed to Franklin Castle's reputation as a haunted house. Legend paints... Hans, fuck, just call him Haynes. <laughs> Hans is the murderer and accused him of killing his three infant children in 1883. The rumors say that the deaths are not accidental or caused by sickness, but were in fact murders c- committed by the cruel Haynes, Hans Tideman. Fuck, why do I keep saying Haynes? <laughs> I Jesus have no Christ. idea. It is further rumored that Hans... <laughs> May have had a hand in his daughter Emma's death. She died around the same time that the construction of the secret rooms and passages in the castle began. Some say that Tideman constructed these rooms and passages to help take his wife's mind off the recent death of their daughter. <laughs> How does that help? I, I don't come, get come that. Here. Let's just walk through the secret passage. Look what Here's I built for you. Here's something for you to play in Look and what I built for you. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> where I'm going to torture and kill people. Yeah. He wasn't telling people that, obviously. <laughs> However, others believe they were constructed with a much more sinister purpose mm-hmm. to provide Tideman a space in, in to uh, commit fuck. Heinous. 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 I always get that one wrong. <laughs> Heinous crimes. And yet others believe that it was Louise Tideman who had these passages constructed so that she could sneak past her overbearing husband undetected. Uh, 
I feel like, okay, here's the thing. If he's that overbearing, he's not letting her go into the plants and make secret passageways. Or yeah. Like she would guys, have no say. Like, hey, Mr. Contractor, can I just get you to put a secret passageway here? It's fine. We'll just move the wall up four feet. My husband's yeah. not going to notice because he's dumb as shit. <laughs> and then we're just going to put some secret doors in it. It's going to be fine. He's stupid, but really, he's the president of the bank, so... I mean, that doesn't mean he has to be smart. Uh, If he was overbearing and, like, controlling, I feel like that's not a thing. Yeah, he's not going to let her build secret passageways. No. Uh, The rumors continued well after the deaths of the family. Tideman was rumored to be a less-than-faithful husband to Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) Aren't most of them like that? Like <laughs> Some of them, yeah. It's said that he tried to cheat on her with other women, but was not what you what you would consider successful as other women didn't have much interest in him. I get the impression so, that he's not like a serious yeah. looker or anything like Yeah, that. I get that too. I mean, his name is Hans. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, Not to offend anyone who's named Hans. Really? But it's not like the sexiest name that walked into the room. You're not like, hello. Hans is here. I don't know why. And everyone's like, like a a fat German man. Yeah, that's exactly what I pictured too. Yeah. Although I've never seen a picture of someone's gonna send us a picture of like a really hot man named Hans. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We always like eye candy. I'm not opposed to that. Nope. Prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, apparently this made him very angry. However, one of the women he did manage to bed outside of his marriage. He supposedly strangled, which is probably why he couldn't get any more. Uh, and adding to his murder tirade, Hans was also said to have killed a young servant girl on her wedding day in a fit of jealousy. It is speculated that he killed both due to feelings of unrequited love on his part. Although, I mean, if he was managing to bed one of the, I mean, I guess it could be by force. Yeah. But uh, let's rape. assume that she was like, oh, Hans, you're so hot. Why would you kill her then? Yeah. That makes no sense. There's like one woman who's going to sleep with you besides your wife who doesn't really sound like she's sleeping with you. Although maybe she is. I don't know. I don't know. Another rumor that milled around uh, said that Hans was accused of killing his 13-year-old niece, Karen, also alleged to be his illegitimate daughter. According to some, Karen was mentally ill and Hans believed she was, quote, insane and he was, quote, putting her out of her misery by hanging her from the rafters of one of his secret tunnels. Others believe she may have been, quote, promiscuous. At 13? Which at the time was considered to be insanity for a well-brought-up Victorian girl. Supposedly, Hans... Caught her in bed with his grandson. Hence so he caught his niece and his grandson in bed together? Uh, that's a little weird. We have some issues with yep. that. It was the 1800s. That's very true. This that's probably very, was very not true. an uncommon occurrence. And it's not as like frowned about as it is now. Because People married their cousins all yeah. the time. Anyway, it was probably not frowned upon at that point in time. Yeah. As frowned upon as it currently is. Mm-hmm. Rumors swirled around Louise's death as well. Apparently, some believe that Hans had ha- had a hand in Louise's death, and only one year after Louise's death, Hans <laughs> That's a lot of Louise's death. Yeah. 
Hans got remarried to a young waitress named Henrietta, but their marriage was short-lived and ended in divorce only a year later. She ended up being cut out of his will with not a penny to her name. Oh, what the fuck did I do? There we go. (laughs) Historian William G. Kresge? Something? Sure. Believes that there (laughs) are alternative possibilities to explain what uh, people might think are Hans's murders. For example, he believes that instead of killing the three infant children the rumors accuse him of, he instead moved the remains of his three children who died in the house between 1863 and 1873 from Monroe Street Cemetery to family plot at Riverside Cemetery (laughs) in 1883. So don't feel like that answers the question. No. Not going to lie. Finally, there is supposedly a legend that tells of a bloody axe murder in the front tower room. But we'll get to that. (laughs) So stay tuned. Uh, So tales of haunted. Sorry. Tales of hauntings in Franklin Castle started to swirl sometime in the 1960s. Reports from residents of surging electricity, the sound bites, the sound bites, the sound, <laughs> sound bites, eh? the sounds of babies crying and a woman in the black, in a black dress staring down at neighbors and visitors from the tower windows were all reported. I said that twice. Doors that exploded off their hinges. Sounds like shoddy work. You ask me <laughs> lights that spin around on their own items moving around the house faces materializing in the woodwork doors swinging open and shut on their own and reports of flaw fog and ecoplasma plasm ectoplasm ectoplasm <laughs> forming inside of the rooms have also been reported along with voices from the walls cold spots and mirrors fogging up with no logical reason Note there are no orbs because orbs don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) According to Tay. (laughs) According to a local legend, there have always been ghosts in the house. The woman often referred to as the woman in black is believed to be the ghost of Rachel, the young servant that Hans is alleged to have murdered. According to the legend, it was in front of one of the windows that Hans attacked her to death with an axe. It was probably the bacon axe murder. Probably. (laughs) Probably he just probably struck again. Wasn't that from like the same area too? No, that was in Villisca, Iowa. Oh, oh Iowa. This okay. is in Ohio. Like, uh, yeah, I was thinking Ohio, but sounds similar. Yeah, a little bit different though. Uh, but perhaps he just took the train. Maybe you can do that. It was kind of around the same time. What? No, 1888. Was that when the Villisca murders were? I feel like it was like 1900 ish. I thought that might have been true. It was a little bit more. That current. was a while ago. That episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a separate account of this incident, a black clothed Rachel was actually Hans's mistress, which he strangled in one of the bedrooms. Note that all of these le- leave out the secret passageway that he supposedly strangled her in, in other um, historical documents that they, and by historical documents, anything wrote on the internet <laughs> so like super legit historical documents like wikipedia <laughs> yeah like wikipedia <laughs> um i would like to say we don't use wikipedia as a source but i can't confirm that we don't <laughs> i'm pretty, <laughs> pretty sure we don't but i will make no promises 
uh, in the 1970s. Sometimes it's on the only option. Well, sometimes <laughs> we use it as like a source to go find other sources, you know, which I think is legit. Anyway, whatever. Like any other web page is any better than Wikipedia. Someone writes it somewhere. Okay. In the 1970s, one of the owners supposedly found skeletons of at least a dozen babies inside a small sealed room. This would be an issue to me. These were later examined by the county coroner, but they could make no definitive term- determination other than the bones were very old. <laughs> they sounded really good at their jobs. That's a really scientific. <laughs> super, super old. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but do you have anything else to add to your report? Just really old. Thank you. We'll uh, be electing a new coroner next year. (laughs) The skeletons could have been harmless medical specimens. I don't know who seals them in a wall, but some believe they were the bodies of the missing Tideman children. The fourth floor ballroom is said to be haunted by a young girl. Some argue that it's the ghost of Rachel. We talked about Rachel earlier. And others believe it was Hans's niece, which is, I believe her name was Karen. Karen, yeah. There are reports of a bloodstain appearing on the marble floor, even though it was replaced 30 years ago. So cool. Um, Newspaper boy claimed, sorry, a newspaper boy, (laughs) not just newspaper boy, claimed that one day when he knocked on the door, a voice told him to come in. Once inside the foyer, he saw an apparition of a woman in white. She glided down the staircase and disappeared through the closed door. Onlookers say, onlookers also say that the ghost of Tideman can sometimes be found, uh, be found at the park where he died, looking to hitch a ride back home to his castle. Sounds like he needs to find Uber. (laughs) (laughs) Someone needs to get that man a phone. He's waiting for his uh, horse and carriage. Yeah. Maybe they have like a Cooper. It's like the carriage version of Uber. (laughs) Uh, There is a mirror in the house above one of the fireplaces that some claim have seen the faces of other residents peering back at them. That would freak me the fuck Uh, out. Yep. Just a little bit. The fuck. Now, Andrew's going to tell us about some conspiracy theory. There were... (laughs) (laughs) there were two other owners before the german socialist party took possession in 1921 there's little information on them but it is probably important to note that the granddaughter of the former owners the mulhauser family said the hauntings started sometime between 1915 and 1921 and were experienced by her family in 1921 the mulhauser family sold the home to the german socialist party The group used it for meetings and parties, and rumors quickly spread that the group was using the castle as headquarters for its spy efforts during World War I. I feel like you shouldn't name it the German Socialist Party if you, like, want people to not know that what you're doing. Probably not. Especially during World War I. I don't think they... Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. I don't think they actually cared all that much. Maybe not. Years later, a German shortwave radio was allegedly found hidden in the rafters. The infamous, quote, secret passages were claimed to be the scene of a brutal murder during the German Socialist Party's occupation of the house. Though the house was largely vacant during this time, it's possible they rented out portions of the house. Mm-hmm. One occupant was said to be a doctor who performed, quote, strange <laughs> experiments 
using human specimens. I feel like any experiment using human specimens is considered strange. Perhaps it was that doctor from Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, like the German lady. <laughs> And during the 1930s, a Cleveland nurse said she cared for an ailing attorney in the castle and often remembered being terrified at night by the sound of a small child crying. More than 40 years later, in an interview in the 1970s, the woman told the reporter she would never set foot in that house again. I also read, too, about the... um, Sorry, I'm just going to... Side note, bitches. Side note. Uh, I also read, too, that during the German Socialist Party occupation of the house that um, there was, like, allegedly a mass, like, shooting in the house where, like, dozen, a dozen or more people, like, died. Oh. Yeah. Something weird like that. Creepy. It was, like, I don't know if it was, like, socialist members, like, the German members, or if it was just, like, rando people. I have no idea. But they, like, covered it up. Well, I would assume that it would be other... So... At that time, unless there was like a disagreement above the not ranks, cool in among the, the ranks, <laughs> still not cool in the states, but like definitely not cool in the states in the 1900s. So I would assume that it would be someone. If it happened, it would be someone from outside trying to yeah. get numbers. Like I read, it was like a couple things, like where it was like 20 people or whatever, and then I also read too that it was just like a couple people were murdered in the house. Yeah, so they intended to kill 20, but they got like two. Yeah, so who knows what's true or if it's even true at all, but Mm -hmm. I did read that there were other murders. Fair enough. By them. (laughs) Lovely. Wouldn't be surprised. Lovely group of humans. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, sorry, you may continue. End side note. Thank you. End of side note, bitches. Uh, The group knocked down walls inside the castle to make more space, and it was used to house the largest German socialist library in the United States. I can't believe that's a thing that they, like, measure. (laughs) Well, they they seem to measure everything. That's true. In January of 19... Biggest piece of corn in the States. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No one cares. In January of 1968, the German socialist group sold the house to James Romano. He had always been fascinated with the house and he and his six children moved in. And his wife. I don't know why I didn't uh, <laughs> include his wife, but she also came. They moved her into the carriage house. They were like, eh, sorry, Susie, you're going to have to stay out here. The family claimed they <laughs> were visited by the ghost of a young girl. <laughs> the day after the family moved in. They sent their children upstairs to play. A little while later, they came downstairs asking if they could have a cookie for their new friends. A little girl who was a little girl who was crying upstairs. Mrs. Romano followed the children back upstairs and found no little girl. No shit. Mrs. Romano also reported hearing organ music playing, despite there being no organ in the house. It would Maybe they from, had a record. Who knows? Could have been a cassette tape. I think it's a little bit early for cassette tapes. It would have been records and then mm-hmm. eight tracks, maybe. Maybe. Playing it cool with the eight track. <laughs> yeah. It would come from different parts of the house along with footsteps in the hallway and on the stairs. Disembodied voices and sounds of people coming from the former ballroom. Okay, well, I can only explain the music. <laughs> 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 the rest of that's up to her. Yeah. At one point in time, three friends came to visit and were surprised to see the visit and were surprised to see an eerie, vaporous blanket of fog materialize in front of them on the third floor. 
One of the visitors walked towards it to investigate, but before she could get close, she began to lose eyesight. Her friends pulled her back right before she fainted. The third floor was searched, and there was no possible physical explanation for the cloud that could be found. One day, Mrs. Romano awoke to find herself in the middle of the bedroom floor, screaming so loud she had lost her voice. She said that an unknown presence was screaming along with her. She also said that an unknown presence pulled the cover off the two oldest boys. After recurrent hauntings, the Romanos consulted a Catholic priest. Which is the reasonable thing to do if you're experiencing hauntings, obviously. Well, if you're Catholic, probably. (laughs) But he declined doing an exorcism as he sensed bad presence. Isn't that what an exorcism is for? Isn't that his job? He's like, oh, no, this one's way too big for me. I have like an exorcism level two. <laughs> this is definitely a four or higher. He advised the family to leave the house. Instead, the family turned to the now defunct Northeast Ohio. Uh, Psychical. Okay. Psychical research group. And if the stories are to be believed, one of the ghost hunters actually ran screaming from the house in the middle of the investigation. So they were super profesh, and that's why they're now defunct. (laughs) Yep. Eventually, the Romano family moved out after receiving ghostly warnings of future death, which is probably about the time that you should leave. Yeah. After years of ghostly activities, they ended up dumping the house in 1974 for $33. $4,300, which is the equivalent of $183,000, which seems super cheap. In 2018. Yeah, sorry. The equivalent of that. Especially for like a castle. Yeah, this is like a ballroom and 13 fireplaces. Exactly. So they really wanted out. Yeah. The house was purchased by Sam Muscatello, who is possibly a reverend for the Universal Christians Church, although judging by the things that he does, I don't believe that is true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's self-proclaimed? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's a reverend for a church that he got off the internet. Ah. Accredited for. Yep. Maybe. That might be a thing. Self-word. Uh, he began offering guided tours of the house, made notes about alleged encounters with visitors, and used media to generate publicity. During one live segment on Cleveland radio that occurred in the house, the host, John Webster, had taped, uh, had a tape recorder pulled off his shoulder and thrown down a staircase. Webster recalled, quote, I just stood there holding the microphone as I watched the tape recorder go flying down the bottom of the stairs where it broke into pieces, mm-hmm. unquote. During a television piece, a crew member named Ted Okpeck, Ossipi, Meh. Fuck, I don't know. Ted <laughs> witnessed a hanging ceiling light that suddenly began turning in circular motion. It was suggested that tra- traffic vibrations on the street outside the house caused the movement of light, uh, of the light. Mm-hmm. But Akapek, but Ted didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> he insisted there was something in the house. Um... Muscatello searched for the alleged secret passageways and was the one who supposedly found the infant bones behind the walls. But some believed he had stashed those bones there as evidence for the hauntings. He brought in paranormal researcher Hans Holzer, not to be confused with Hans Tiedman, <laughs> no relation, just the same first name, not even the same spelling, yeah. who recently investigated the Amityville Horror Home. We just did that one. Two episodes back. Go listen to it. Mm -hmm. Holzer uncovered several spirits. 
So great of him to do that. Including one of a 13 year old girl whose death was made to look like a suicide. Probably uh, Karen. Karen. <laughs> and then the same year he'd purchased the home, Muscatello sold it to Myron W. Rolschman, a doctor for $38,000. The, the doctor later sold it for the same price he had paid. And I think it was actually like that year. Yeah, it wasn't he didn't have it for too long. No one had it for that long. No. After that, it was sold to Cleveland's police chief, Richard Hongisto. Sure. The thought it would be... Oh, they. Him and his wife. Sorry. They thought it would be the perfect place to live, but apparently that was not the case as they abruptly sold it to George Mercata. Mercata. George. Yeah. (laughs) Less than a year later. George knew nothing of the mansion's reputation and had purchased it because of its gothic architecture. But it wasn't long before he learned that it was supposed to be haunted and started offering tours of the place. During tours, he would have visitors record any strange experiences in the guest book in the guest book before leaving. Patch <laughs> <laughs> is like, oh shit. <laughs> Oh my god, your place is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) It's the wrong noise for a haunted place. (laughs) Electro music. Similar to past experiences, visitors claimed to hear babies crying, seeing a woman in white or one in black, and one visitor claimed she was being choked in the tower room. While George admitted he couldn't explain all of his experiences, he maintained the house was not haunted. If it was, he told a reporter, he would be afraid to live there. But in 1983, the home went into foreclosure. He is not good at paying his bills. No. I guess he was not managing that extra money that he was making too well. Well, no one said he charged for tours. They just said <laughs> yeah. <he didn't> know. <laughs> well, I personally wouldn't allow people to come tour my home unless I was charging I wouldn't them. either. I'm mm-hmm. just saying he d- maybe wasn't that smart. <laughs> I don't know. That same year, it was purchased from the bank for $73,500 by Richard and Virginia Perez. They sold it in 1984 to Michael DeVinco for $93,000. DeVinco, the husband of singer and actress Judy Garland, whose stage name was Mickey Dean, immediately began to make renovations, spending close to a million dollars restoring the house over a decade. He claimed to have no ghastly issues. Ghostly, ghastly, not sure. (laughs) I said ghastly. Yeah, well, I I mean, ghastly ghastly. could be, but I just wasn't sure. Anyway, it's all the same, same. And thought that perhaps it was because he was taking care of the place again. He managed to track down the original blueprints, some of the furniture from the Tidemans, and even an original front door key, which still worked. That's pretty cool. Also, but why would you track down their furniture? Why? Because he wanted to restore it to Mm -hmm. its original state. I guess so. He sold the house in 1999 to 25-year-old Michelle Heimberger, who paid $350,000 cash for it. Pardon me. She paid $350,000 cash for it. Money she got from Yahoo Inc. We think she worked there. I I think think she was the founder or something. Something like that. Yahoo was a dude, wasn't it? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's. We have a Google machine. A googling, a googling, googling. Um, she's a writer. 
Nope, doesn't say anything about her. Mm. The only thing that comes up is that there's a writer, editor, and illustrator. Maybe she invested in the Yahoo stock. Possibly. She's from London, though, so probably not. <laughs> anyway, we don't know why she she just had money. Maybe she stole it from Yahoo. Who knows? <laughs> it was the early days of the internet. They probably still kept cash around. Soon after Heimberger purchased it, the castle was torched by an arsonist. The fire caused about $200,000 worth of damage, and the house sat so long without repairs that it risked being demolished. It sat hung with construction lights, cordoned off, often with the side door wide open throughout the night, unguarded. Heimberger, who lived. lived. (laughs) (laughs) She also probably lied in Canada. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Lived and lied in Canada. Had the repairs doing... Had the repairs done over a long period of time. The castle was left in the charge of Charles Millsaps, who lived in the carriage house out back and paid the utility bills in exchange for overseeing the renovations. No significant renovations were done, but apparently enough work had been done that bills to two area contractors were defaulted and liens were placed against the property. $11,500 to an interior designer. Which is not a lot of money. Also, no. not renovations. No, that is not. <laughs> and That's something else. $1,650, which is really not a lot of money, to the Cleveland Lumber Co. Both companies took Millsaps to court. Millsaps was also in charge of the hoax of turning it into the Franklin Castle Club, to which no memberships <laughs> were ever sold. In the midst of his club hoax and court cases, Millsaps found time to use the carriage house and possibly the castle too to make amateur pornography through his company Voodoo Media Group. <laughs> they produced at least two lesbian porn movies that sold online. He's such a He's charmer. Ah, uh, yeah. During the time he worked at the house, Millsaps said he was unsure whether or not it was haunted, but did say that many of his friends and family members had strange experiences. While he didn't say it was a scary place, he did say it was a little creepy, especially in the middle of the night. I've heard strange sounds and hope to see something or hear something that would prove to me the ghosts exist. But so far, it hasn't happened. So far, it's been no spookier than sleeping alone in any old house that creaks in the wind or has rattling pipes. The house eventually ended up on the Sheriff Department's auction block in October of 2006 after Heimberger racked up $14,000 in unpaid property taxes. Like, what's wrong with you? I, yeah, she... $350,000 stopped caring. Like the only amount of money she had. Yeah. <laughs> she just gave it to them and did whatever. Millsaps had also accumulated about 13000 in liens, which we just talked about, uh, and judgments for unpaid construction bills. Uh, in 2011, the castle was rezoned, allowing it to become a three-family dwelling. Later that year, it was sold to a European tapestry artist named Kiera Donna Dale Rose. According to an article about... A 2017 book published called Haunted Franklin Castle. The authors William G. Krejci, there's that fucking name again, and John Mayers said there was, Not in to be fact, confused with John Mayer. Yeah, there's actually an S at the end of this one. Different guy. Uh, 
In fact, a trap door somewhere in the house that was subsequently removed, but it was simply a trunk space between the third and fourth floors. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There were also passages ar- around the ballroom, but they were only storage space. Oh, good. Well, it could just be being used for storage space. Doesn't mean it was used for storage space in the past. That's true. Uh, Maybe if you move your boxes out there, you'd be able to get the other room where the passage is supposed to go. (laughs) Yep. They also said that the fabled prohibition underground tunnel stretching out to the lake was really an underground shutoff for the natural gas well under the carriage house. And it only went back a few feet. It was sealed up in the 1960s. So technically it could, it existed up until the 1960s. So. And finally, Nazi spies never lived in the house, but a group of anti-fascist German communists used the old spire that was on top of the tower for a shortwave radio. Um, Weird. No. Sure. Side note, bitches. <laughs> the lady dicks do not necessarily know if this information is factual or not. Just saying. <laughs> just because they wrote declaimer. a book don't yeah, mean just it's true. because they authored a book don't mean anything. So today the property is owned by Oh Dear Productions LLC, which is owned by the European tapestry artist that was that I mentioned before. The Kyra Donna Dale Rose. Sorry, yes. Hmm. Um, but she goes by Kit. And her, uh, her fiance Pascal obviously hangs out there too. He also owns part of the company. Kid is hoping to open the castle as a little gallery museum with permanent as well as temporary ex- uh, exhibitions, monthly film screenings, and concerts. The themes will relate to the spirit and history of the house, but also the bygone era of American fifties and sixties music and cinema c- cinematography. Cinematographically (laughs) greatness. Because I know cinematography, but once you track something onto the end of it, I can't. mm, Nope. Just add in a different Uh, ending. With a particular attention to its obscure side, such as the American teen garage music culture with their cult filmography. Cool. Sure. Their hopes, uh, their there they hope Mm -hmm. it will be sort of an antithesis of halt end of the hall of fame <laughs> like Too i guess what they're trying to say is they want like a hall of unfamous and obscure or not yet famous works which is not a hall of fame just to clarify i mean it could be it's cool but as long directly. as they like kind of i think respect and restore the oh i think they are the house to its former yeah so they state because that would be the whole like charm of the house. Well, the whole is... thing is themed. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that. But at least keeping like the same like layout. And no, but stuff I mean and... like the theme is the whole thing is themed based, based off on the, the history of the house. Okay. Yeah. They intend to set up the carriage house. So it will be living, uh, living, working studio space for a maker, which is someone who's an artist or has art ability. <laughs> it's like an in artist resident. And hope to have spent a spooky guest suite near the exotic room. I don't know what the exotic room is. It's the sex room. Ooh, they have a <laughs> sex dungeon. It's the red room. It is. This is like the second place that's had a sex room that we've made up. <laughs> In addition, I was gonna say what apparently was the first we one? like the Amityville. 
We yeah. had a whole the red room. discussion about the red room. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't really That was exist. in the basement, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Where the witch it was doctor more so was, like a obviously. closet or something. Yeah. It was the red room. It's the one that smelled really bad. Yeah. Um, in addition to Kit and Pascal living in the house, Cryjevet with the guy who wrote the book. <laughs> the one guy. The one guy with the weird name that wrote the book is going to live in the apartment half of the year from October to April, giving tours as the Franklin's resident or as Franklin Castle's resident historian. Even though I don't verify his Some history of the things facts. that he said yes. may be correct now, but that doesn't mean that they weren't like what he's saying now. It wasn't correct when the yes. Tidebins, et cetera, all lived yes. there. Exactly. So he could be giving you inaccurate information. You but so could any other high school tour guy that yes, they hire from anywhere. This is true. Um, so the cornerstone of the museum collection will be a large collection of the Tideman's family photographs, which were gifted to that historian dude. <laughs> we'll call him Kay. By Tideman's great granddaughter, Dora Louise Wybenson. Wybenson? Wybenson. Sure. Mm-hmm. Other local businesses have approached Kit about using the castle as a microbrewery, and while there's no immediate plans to do so, they have looked into some historical breweries in Schulschwig, Holstein, Germany, where Mr. Tideman is originally from, so that the brewery would make sense with the history of the house. On March, uh, and so that's kind of what's going on with the house now. We don't have a can you go visit it section yet, because you actually can't right now. They're building it. Soon, though. Mm-hmm. Soon. And on March 15th, 1982, the Franklin Castle was added to the U.S. National Register of Historic Places, which is like probably the fourth or fifth one that we've done. Yeah. Um, and that, my dear, 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 dear friends, is the story of Franklin Castle, which is less haunted and murderous than I wanted it to be. Not going to lie. <laughs> but slightly uh, haunted and slightly murderous. Slightly haunted and possibly murderous. Yes. <laughs> uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on our next episode, which does, I believe, have <clears throat> more murder and stuff in it. <laughs> and I think we're going back to Hollywood next time. Oh, are we? But I don't want to don't want to give away too much. Because she actually doesn't know which one we're going to do first because we're researching multiple episodes. That's 100% true. But I do know we're going back to Hollywood somewhere on our up-and-coming list. I'm not going to tell you what we're doing. But it's a surprise. It's going to be great. If you have haunted true crime cases you think we should cover or ghost stories to share, send them our way via email at storiesoftheladydicks.com. You can find us online at theladydicks.com, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at theladydicks, and on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Yay! <laughs> so much fun. Before you go, we wanted to share with you a few ways you can help support the podcast, and we've added a few new ones. You can help us by clicking on our Amazon links. If you're interested in learning more about the... No- about Franklin Castle, visit www.theladydicks.com and click on either episode or the recommended page and you will find a list of items available on Amazon to purchase. If you do click through one of our links and the purchase and you purchase an item, if you do click through one of our links and purchase an item, your friendly neighborhood podcasters, the Lady Dicks, get a tiny kickback. It's not much, but it's really a great way to help support our shows. Mo money, mo shows. (laughs) Wow. For this episode, we are going to recommend Haunted Franklin Castle by William J. Craigie. 
And he had some other dude write with him, right? Yeah. He yes. was the only Something listed Mayers. author on John Mayers, but John not Mayers to be concluded or, or not to be confused with John Mayer. Anyway, and he's the like only Myers M E Y E R S. Oh yeah, Myers. the only one who's listed <laughs> on the Amazon book. Just so everyone, he mm-hmm. might have wrote it with someone else and dropped their name. He's the guy that's going to be curating. Yeah, the he's museum. the guy who's going to be curating the museum and the Franklin. And Franklin Castle by Dow Edward Hendricks. Which is, so the the first one by the William dude was a 2017 book. And this Franklin Castle, I believe, was published in 2018. Don't verify the information either. I'm just saying. (laughs) Every episode you hear us ask for reviews. And every month at the end, excuse me, end of it. Holy shit. Every episode you hear us ask for reviews and every month at the end of it, we get an email with about three of them, which is amazing, but we think we can do better. So we thought we'd have uh, some fun with it. So from now until September 1st, write us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app and you'll be entered in to win an item of your choice from the brand new Lady Dick store. Uh, if you've already given us a review, make sure we get it by snapping a photo of it and passing it our way at storiesoftheladydicks.com. Uh, just so that we can make sure we get it in time because sometimes our reviews come in via email like late. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure we capture you in before like the September 1st cutoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say anything you want. Tell us about your favorite Hollywood Chris. Definitely. That's definitely pine. one of our faves. Uh, <laughs> Note Hemsworth, please. Rot. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> or, you know, tell us what you had for dinner. I don't know. Or yeah, that's cool. What your exercise plan Tell is. Tell us what you're doing like, while you're listening to the podcast. looking for some tips. And you better not be saying you're driving because you're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen while you're driving. You just can't type and drive. Cool. <laughs> Got it. It's been a public service message from the lady. Day. <laughs> Although, mind you, you can sometimes do like the voice texting. That's true. If you're yeah. voice reviewing us, that's cool. Let us know. <laughs> don't think you can do that, though. I don't know. No, I think in some cars you actually can. Mm -hmm. Huh. Interesting. Well, you can text. Yeah, that's true. Uh, We are now eight months in and our current focus is, well, eight months into doing this podcast. Yeah. Our current focus is expanding our audience so we can deliver you, deliver you more awesome, awesome content. And this is actually just a crazy episode of baby boss podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are happy to announce always late that we have merchandise. I always announce last. Um, we have two designs. You can go find them. You can go to theladydicks.com and find the merchandise button or go to threadless.com slash theladydicks. Uh, we've got two designs that Nikki designed. They are the side note bitches shirt and hashtag dick squad, not to be confused with squads that I said last time. Uh, and right now you can get them on t-shirts, tank tops and sweaters. Um, and yeah, so go buy one and send us a picture because that would be cool. We would like that. The end. <laughs> okay. And for our final announcement, we are hoping to do a few crossover podcasts in the future. 
to help promote some other great shows on our podcast and promote our podcast on other awesome shows. If you are a podcast host and you'd like to come virtually hang out with the Lady Dicks and talk some crime, paranormal, and history, reach out to us at storiesattheladydicks.com. Likewise, in the future, you'll see an upcoming episode with a true crime author. So if you've authored a book in the true crime or paranormal genre, hit us up. We'd love to chat with you and promote your book. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to catching up with you on our next episode. In the meantime, try not to ghost anyone. You did that one pretty quick. I did that one way too quick. That's <laughs> You're going to okay. have some issues. <laughs> I'm going to cut it. It's just that it doesn't really matter because I put the sound in your voice together. So yeah, whatever. Um, it's fine. Maybe we should talk about this.